Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. This is Tony Marchese, joined tonight by Andrew Kinsler. We're talking about a White Sox loss. Kinsler, we've done this show before where we're talking about the White Sox getting beat by the Minnesota Twins. I feel like last year, Andrew, we had like a whole series of these where it was you and I on the microphone. And we were talking about like three consecutive White Sox losses to the Minnesota Twins. And it's bringing me back a little bit because this was a very winnable game tonight. And we're going to get in depth on that. Before I get to you, Andrew, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature podcasting needs. Andrew, how you feeling tonight, buddy? Um, Not great. And now that you actually do mention some of those memories that we had from last year. I believe it was Memorial Day weekend of last year where we took a very, very tough series against the Twins. And I want to say those are some of my first podcasts I had done as a member of Socks on Tap. And it was a pretty brutal welcoming to the show. Um, at least fortunately this year, I've been able to talk about a handful of wins here, but this was not that. Pretty much like you said, things didn't really go our way. Things started out really nice early. You know, Jose Abreu, or excuse me, Eloy getting that RBI double there to bring in two mm-hmm. runs. But from there, things just went silent. There were chances, but it really turned out to be nothing more than just chances. Chances are plenty in this game for the White Sox to strike. Um, Andrew, and and to the listeners of this show, I don't really bring up betting too much, if at all. Not, I have not been a big better guy until about yesterday. This is a new development in my life, sports betting. And I took a parlay today, a pretty, pretty decent parlay that was looking really, really good. And I'll read it off to you as soon as I get in here. Uh, into the FanDuel app, Andrew. But the night started out great for me personally when Eloy drove in those two runs because I had the White Sox in this parlay. I also had the Cubs. Um, I had the Braves as well over the Red Sox. And I had the Dodgers. And everything was going well early for me until Jimmy Cordero wound up in the game for the White Sox. I mean, everything everything was just set up perfectly. This was a five-team parlay, uh, Andrew. And I know you, you, you yourself had some action on the White Sox as well, so I'm going to get to you on that one. But it's really frustrating, I think. And I'm not an experienced better, but it's really frustrating when you take – our guy DJ's advice to bet the White Sox, and you got Dallas Keuchel on the mound. And, and I know I know DJ does a really good job over there at ONTAP Sportsnet, and if you want to get his picks every day, you can head on over to ONTAPSportsnet.com. But the first time I take DJ's advice, and I apologize to DJ because the only reason that this pick didn't hit is probably because I bet on it. <laughs> so apologies, DJ. But I had the Sox, the Indians, the Cubs, the Braves, and the Dodgers. And so far, that parlay looks really, really good. 
except for the fact that the White Sox weren't able to get this one done. Um, I, I may turn into a big better guy because it was addicting to watch all of this action go down. But I, I might lay off the White Sox for a while, Andrew. And, and I know you took the Sox too, so let, let's just hear a little bit of, of some, some, some betting talk before we get into the game. Yeah, so I will say first things first. Honestly, shout out DJ. I've been seeing some of his picks that he's been throwing out there, and for the most part, they've actually been really good. He's been pretty consistent, and he's been able to find some good opportunities there. Um, yeah, I'm honestly just surprised that you hadn't been a, a like big better guy in the past just because of your history with your boy Tony Twista. He, he seems like a guy that would just be practically living in the New Jersey scorebooks there, or um, yeah, the um, sports books there. So I found that surprising, but Tony Twister is, is a huge better guy. So yeah, I, the I, biggest. Don't know how that, I, I don't know how that never rubbed off on you in any way, but either way, um, it is tough to bet on your team just because you feel like they should win these games. And on paper, that did look like that was another pretty winnable game for the Sox. That's why I took it. I only really do that if I feel confident and I did and it looked great early as you said, but that's kind of the game you play when you do those parlays. I feel like there's been so many of those times where the first four hit, they look really good and they look good early. I I know the Braves took it pretty good to the Red Sox. So there's always some that look really, really obvious and they hit but then there's always one that really makes you sweat it. And unfortunately for you, that didn't work out. But I guess welcome to FanDuel and welcome to the world of gambling, I guess, chasing bets. But pretty much like you said, it does make sports probably tenfold more interesting to watch. If I was, so let's see, if you had any eyes on that Braves Red Sox game any other day, it'd probably be, why do you care? Who cares? It's, the Braves and the Red Sox doesn't really matter. You know, the Braves, a pretty good team to win the NL East there or be a, a competitor there against the Red Sox who aren't really going to be doing anything this year and just sold a bunch of guys at the deadline. So, yeah, you'd have no other reason to watch that game other than your parlay. So that's what makes it fun. But I guess that's what tomorrow is for when there's a new slate of games out there. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I'm... I'm the type of guy I'll tune into a Braves Red Sox game, um, even if it doesn't really mean much to me. If if that's just what's on in the background and I get to watch it, uh, but you know, with with Illinois legalizing sports betting, it's opened up a whole new world for me. Uh, not to say that uh, there weren't opportunities for me to jump in on some action beforehand, but it's just it's much more accessible to everybody right, right now. Um, and so pretty I figured, much like you said, it goes from it being background noise to you're on the edge of your seat at every yes. single pitch. Yes, so. exactly. So I, I get the, the I, I, I'm totally in on this now. Um, this is this is a new development in my my sports watching life, Andrew, so to speak. But um, let, let's get my personal gambling uh, addiction over the last two days aside, let's get into the White Sox game today. Dallas Keuchel took the mound for this White Sox. Uh, Mike Pineda for the Twins in his first start back after 
he was suspended. Um, I think he had a 60-game suspension, and then uh, then the COVID happened, and so this was his first game back. On the betting aspect, uh, pitching matchup, I would say favor the White Sox, but uh, again, we're going to move on from that one. Dallas Keuchel looked pretty damn decent early, and the Sox were able to get themselves on the board early as well. Um, first inning, jump out to a 2 nothing lead. You are correct there. Eloy Jimenez drove in those two runs for the White Sox. Uh, just picture-perfect start. You know, you get off to a 2 nothing lead against the Twins. I was expecting, uh, after that first inning, to see the offense continue to roll. Uh, that was all the noise that they were able to make were those two runs in the first inning. That's a little bit uncharacteristic of this White Sox offense, Andrew. Uh, what What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it really is. So that was a great way to start, but then we didn't have another extra base hit the rest of the game. Uh, and to be honest, we didn't have very many hits the rest of the game in general. So the only thing that really sticks out to me here would be Tim Anderson going three for four, but I take it those were all singles. So overall, not great, especially because with a guy like Pineda, it was his first start in a very long time. And especially as he got through the order a few times, you could tell that he began to labor a little bit and that our guys were able to see some of his pitcher, see some of his pitches a little bit better. But I mean, we just, we just couldn't do anything about it. It was just out after out and it became frustrating. So obviously when we're used to the offensive outburst that we've had over the past few days, few weeks, we expected to fully be in this game. And I think if anyone said we're going to hold the twins to three runs in this game ahead of time, I would probably mark that down as a win. I, I think that just how, based on how this offense had been going and with a pitcher making his first start of the year, you would pretty easily expect at least four runs out of this team. But that just wasn't the case tonight. And there were other factors that contributed to this loss as well, besides the hitting. Obviously, the hitting was the big thing. Um, I think one thing that would have been nice would have been to get more innings out of Dallas Keuchel. So he went five, and he only gave up one run. That was fine. But especially towards the fourth and the fifth inning, you could really tell that he just wasn't the same guy as he was early on in the game. And in some of the post-game discussion with manager Ricky Renteria, turned out to be a stomach issue. So I'll let you handle some of your thoughts on that one because I know that you had a few when we were discussing this beforehand. I mean, stomach issues are really tough to deal with. And I don't know about you, Andrew. When I have a stomach issue, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to I don't want to get out of bed or off the toilet or just I you know, I I shut down. <laughs> I shut down when I have a stomach issue. Um, so to just imagine Dallas Keuchel out there on the mound, um, you'd imagine he's probably clenching it. You'd imagine that he's just not feeling well. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the, the gory specifics of people <laughs> who have stomach issues, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta give the guy credit. Um, just final line on, on Dallas Keuchel, five innings pitch. He does give up seven hits. 
uh, only gives up one run, walks two, strikes out four. That's a pretty Dallas Keuchel-esque type start uh, and a pretty good line for a pitcher who is off for the day. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's definitely not had, he does not have his best stuff, but he was able to get through, um, you know, a, a pretty close to quality start here. Um, I just, I give a lot of credit there. You would have loved to have seen him go a little bit longer in this game, uh, than five innings because turning it over to the bullpen for four innings is never something that I want to do, uh, in any game I I don't think the White Sox right now minus Aaron Bummer have the ability to turn it over to the bullpen with their one two three guy and I think that's a huge problem we talked about this uh last night uh NWI Steve and I uh the the lack of an addition for the White Sox at the trade deadline if Dallas Keuchel or Lucas Giolito are turning it over in the fifth inning uh you're going to set yourself up for some problems in that game, but also in the coming games when Reynaldo Lopez or Dylan Cease uh, are taking the mound or even a guy like Dane Dunning because you know that they're watching, uh, especially Dane Dunning's arm, but also Reynaldo Lopez, he's been injured already once this season, um, and a guy like Dylan Cease uh, struggles a little bit early on in some of these games. So, He's a high risk factor for you to be into the bullpen in the fourth, fifth inning, still, in my opinion. So Keuchel and Giolito need to be those rocks in this rotation right now to get you six, maybe seven innings at least to give that bullpen some rest. And stomach issue aside, Keuchel did fairly well in his start today. Um, Speaking of stomach issues, uh, you haven't heard the voice of our guy Johnny, uh, so just a little injury update. Uh, Johnny Nani placed on the IL retroactive to Sunday. Um, he is dealing with stomach issues himself, <laughs> hasn't been himself, uh, so he and Dallas Keuchel need to figure it out, maybe some Imodium or some uh, some Tums, maybe some Pepto-Bismol. If we could get a sponsorship for Pepto-Bismol, for the Sox on Tap guys. I think that might work out well for us in the long run. Um, you know, just sometimes when you're going a little hard, uh, things creep up on you. So, uh, yes, uh, Sox on Tap injury report brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. Johnny Nani retroactively placed on the injured list uh, from Sunday uh, due to some stomach issues. Andrew, any thoughts on Johnny going on the I.L.? Well, I was just surprised it kind of took you so long to get there. So I know when we were pretty much discussing this, um, that was kind of the main point of emphasis that we wanted to get in here is that we wanted to get our mention out there to our good friend Johnny. Um, but you actually gave some very good points there about Keiko. So I would just like to wish Johnny well, and hopefully we hear from him soon because um, that would be ideal. And we obviously miss having him on these. But some of the other points you made, the one thing that Keuchel did do is he did man up and give at least five innings, and the thing that happened was he left the game with the lead. So granted, it was only a 2-1 lead, but he left with the lead, and then that's kind of where things implode a little bit. So 
you can blame Ricky Renneria for this move, which I still do to some degree, but there's somewhat of a tough position here when, for instance, Aaron Bummer has been hurt and we there's no real expectation on when he is coming back. They've said soon, but there's also the chance that he's not even back for the regular season here, which would be very unfortunate. So when you're down when you're down essentially your anchor to the bullpen here, as well as when you have guys like Steve Ciszek, who you signed him to be a pretty high leverage guy. And under normal circumstances in other seasons, that's probably when you would see him come into the ball game at that point, instead of the mop up role that he had been playing lately. Um, it just is tough. I just wish that Ricky didn't stick with Cordero as long as he did. So he was able to get through one inning while he gave up one run, um, which part of that was due to a very bad route on a ball by Nomar Mazzara. So we're still looking for that power, but the fielding aspect that had been harped on, that he's not a very good fielder, that's still very alive and well, to say the least. Um, Just seemed pretty lazy, didn't really seem to just take a very good route to the ball, didn't really give it his all. And that wound up as a triple for Jake Cave when it probably should have been a double. Um, So that was your problem there. And then the big problem from this is after an inning where he gives up two hits and one run, um, instead of giving a clean seventh inning to a guy like Evan Marshall, even a Ross Detweiler, so to speak, um, he trots it back out there. So I'd just kind of like to hear some of your thoughts on that whole situation and just why exactly Ricky Renneria has Cordero as his go-to guy. So he hasn't been bad all of the season, but as of late, he's been struggling. I'm not sure if it's fatigue, overuse, because he has been used quite a lot. But um, I don't know if you had any thoughts as to why a guy like Marshall was not given the clean start of the seventh inning there with a tied ball game. I'm not sure on this one. Um, And yeah, I I feel like Ricky's bullpen management at at times has been close to horrid. And I tweeted this out yesterday. Um, The the, the bullpen management is going to cost this team games. Um, and, And we saw that tonight. Again, not fully Ricky's fault because he's not the guy out there on the mound because that's that's the, the the first thing that somebody's going to come back and try and rebuttal with is that uh, you know Ricky Ricky's not the guy out there throwing pitches. Um, I get that, and Cordero did have a great start to this year, um, and I think that that's part of the reasoning as to why he's going to him. But there's a few other guys in this bullpen that I personally trust more than Jimmy Cordero and Jace Fry. And those two two names uh, right now are uh, Matt Foster and Ross Detweiler. Uh, both of those guys have uh, just been absolutely lethal out of the bullpen so far. And you did see Detweiler enter this game. Um, you, you pull your starter in the fifth inning, and you're looking for somebody to give you two innings. I think Foster and Detweiler are probably the two names, in my opinion, that can get you to the seventh, maybe eighth inning, uh, to turn it over to Evan Marshall and Alex Colomay 
or even maybe Cody Hoyer and, and yep. to get that job done. And I and Jimmy Cordero serves a role here, but I don't think it's a bridge guy. I really don't think Cordero's your bridge guy. He's more of a specialist, and I know the rule changes have kind of just taken away that righty righty lefty lefty matchup um, from from all MLB managers. But I I just I don't think the usage of Jimmy Cordero has been correct. I don't know what spot he fills. I feel like he's more of your, you know, we're 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 tied, or it's a, a five run lead, and we're trying to get through one or two outs to end an inning, versus hey, this is our rock. We're against a a, a division rival, and we're trying to to squeeze this one out tight pitcher. I just don't see that. Yes, his stuff plays. His stuff is really good. But he's also really inflated that ERA since a really impressive run at the beginning of the season. Um, I believe that ERA sits now at 5.40 after tonight's ball game. Uh, that's not what you want to see out of a guy who's coming in in the sixth and you're expecting to get you to the eighth inning. I, I just don't think that that's it. Um, Ross Detweiler has been lights out. Evan Marshall can come in in that role. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that this, if for as much praise as the White Sox bullpen has gotten so far, and yes, they've been very, very well comparative to some other teams in this league, I just, I still have those question marks about certain guys, uh, the Jimmy Corderos and the Jace Fries of the world. I still have some question marks about whether or not they should be used down the stretch here in one run ball games against teams that you are going head to head with for a playoff spot. I just, I, I didn't like the usage. Again, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, if he got the job done, I'm sure we would be talking about maybe a different outcome and how great Jimmy Cordero is. And you can slot any guy in that bullpen into there. And if they struggle, we're going to talk about it. But I just feel like there are better options right now. And riding the hot hand out of the bullpen so far really hasn't been a strength for Renteria, I feel like he rides the cooling offhand, so to speak, at times. And that's not a recipe for success. No, I know that's not easy to be in Renteria's shoes having to make these decisions. But with that said, if if Keichel doesn't experience the stomach issues, maybe you get another inning or two out of him. Who knows? But I really, myself, personally, would have went to Detweiler a little bit earlier to try and bridge that gap into you know your setup guy and then Alex Calame. The offense also really didn't do anyone any favors after that first inning. So I guess I really can't place all the blame in one spot. Just trying to keep the team in the ball game without giving up that extra run I felt like was really important tonight. Um, 
and they were unable to do that. So uh, my thoughts on the Jimmy Cordero experience, I think he's a great pitcher. Um, I think he's got some really good stuff. He's not honed, and he's not the kind of guy that you want to turn the ball uh, ball over to four to five times a week. Um, Just I think that there's better options out of the bullpen. How about you? Absolutely, yeah. So I think that was a great point that you made about Ricky likes to roll with the cool hand, so to speak. Um, He kind of seems to really be in the habit of if someone is struggling, he kind of wants to get them back out there into some of those high level situations and see what they can do, see if they're able to figure out those sort of things. Sometimes that's great and, and it'll work and it'll really turn a guy's season around, but so far it necessarily hasn't. So I guess the one good thing would be he tried that with C-Sheck tonight after struggling, um, trying to preserve a one-run like deficit here in the eighth inning, and he got three strikeouts. So if he can get some of the guys like that going, then maybe we're not talking about a situation where we see Jimmy Cordero pitch, and I think it's been something around five of the last six ball games. Um, it's just kind of an unfortunate situation. We are with this bullpen, and I just think it's clear that Aaron Bummer really does, in a lot of ways, mean a lot to this team. And um, we'll certainly be hoping for him to come back soon so that we don't have to talk about things like this because who knows if a guy like, if a guy like Aaron Bummer's back, that just pushes everyone forward a little bit, and we could be talking about a two-to-one White Sox winner, for all we know. Um, and then I guess one other thing would be that there does seem to be some issues in him handing over trust to some of the either younger and experienced guys like Matt Foster or Cody Hoyer or someone who had been rocky in the past but has been very good this year and Ross Detweiler to maybe try to get a little bit more out of those guys and to put them into some key situations. So I know that Hoyer pitched in a pretty high leverage spot last night. Maybe that's why he wasn't available tonight. Um, And over the weekend, the bullpen got used a little bit. So that could be another reason why, especially as we have a handful of games coming up here, I believe, until this Sunday. I want to say we have an off day here on Labor Day. But other than that, some of the moves could be called somewhat borderline inexcusable, but um, it's just kind of the situation we're at here with this team, and it's the manager that we have, and he's the one that's making these calls and not us here from our armchairs. But we've had a lot of doom and gloom here. The good news is we are still tied for first place, and we have a chance to hopefully take the rubber match of this series tomorrow. Absolutely, and before we get into tomorrow's game, just a quick recap. White Sox lose this one 3-2 to against the Minnesota Twins. Um, Cordero does end up taking the loss in this one. We've we've really dug into the bullpen here. Uh, but there were plenty of opportunities for the White Sox to score in this one. Um, in particular, uh, the ninth inning, 
just some some really bad at bats. I feel like uh, the Sox need to clean that up a little bit um, if if they want to continue what looks to be somewhat magical. And I'm not completely down right now after this loss. It was a very close ball game. Uh, things could have teetered in either team's direction. So I'm not trying to sit here and say, that's so White Sox, we screwed this one up. Um, you know, we continue to do this. You just saw this team come back yesterday uh, and, and beat the Twins pretty handedly in some heroic fashion. You've seen this team hit the walk-off ball. You've seen a lot of clutch plays um, come from the White Sox in really close games. They're not going to break your way every single day. That's all I've really got to say about this yep. one. Um, you just got to gotta put this one behind you and move on. It's, it's way too easy to read into a lot of this stuff that we are. Uh, but, you know, th- this is some raw emotion about what we witnessed, um, as it always is here. Yep, no reason tap. to panic. Yep. No reason to panic. I don't think You're there's. I don't think there's reason to panic. Yep. I, I yep. absolutely agree. Well, I don't think there's too much reason to panic. Um, had you lost uh, the night before, and then you you let this one slip away, I think it would have hurt a little bit more. You're right. We've got a rubber match tomorrow, and I'm going to give you those pitching matchups. That's going to be Reynaldo Lopez as the probable starter for the White Sox. Uh, he comes in at 0-1 with a nine ERA. Only uh, eight strikeouts on the year against a, a guy that's pretty lethal himself, Jose Barrios. Uh, he's two and three, four point seven five ERA, thirty nine strikeouts. Uh, he's going to miss some bats tomorrow. Uh, that's for certain. Uh, the Sox are just going to need to be able to make those adjustments and get some stuff done. Andrew, do you have a pick to click for tomorrow's ball game? My pick to click would be Luis Robert. So I think overall. What was tough for him in this game in particular is it's very hard for him to see good pitches when immediately behind him is Nomar Mazzara, Yolmer Sanchez, and Nick Madrigal. Guys that have nowhere near the amount of pop, nowhere near the amount of power that he has. So it is tough to find some good pitches, but... However it works for him, he usually does, and I think he'll have a pretty good bounce back here tomorrow. So obviously rough night tonight. Um, Just really didn't get a whole lot to hit after he had a very, very good game um, on Monday night. So just unfortunate, but really couldn't do much about that, just considering the circumstances of what he was going against. But at least so far in his short career against... Jose Barrios, um, he got he actually got his first career hit in the major leagues against him on opening day, and it was a scalding single, but I believe it went somewhere somewhere above 110 miles per hour off the bat with his exit velocity. So um, hopefully Barrios can give him some more pitches to handle. He hasn't seemed like the Jose Barrios of prior years, so I mean his ERA is up close to five, um, especially for a guy that many were predicting would be one of the best pitchers in the AL Central and even one of the best pitchers in the league. Um, He hasn't quite lived up to that this year. So hopefully it stays that way and this isn't his coming out game. Um, 
So I'd go with that. What's your pick to click? You know, I'm I'm looking up and down the uh, the past history. I I also do like Eloy Jimenez here, um, but I, I really feel like if you do see Edwin Encarnacion tomorrow, uh, there's a guy that needs to make a statement right now. Um, he's he's down. Uh, he he's got to be down on himself. He almost put one out of the ballpark tonight. That was robbed. Um, I, I feel like he's going to go the extra mile and try and uh, make it a no-doubter next time. So I'd like that. I'm, I'm going to go with Edwin Encarnacion as my pick-to-click. All right, we've got the pick-to-clicks out of the way. Uh, Andrew, it's always a pleasure talking White Sox baseball with you on these post-game shows. Any final thoughts that you have entering tomorrow before we close this one down? Reynaldo Lopez can only do better in this start compared to his first start of the year against the Twins. So um, as most of you probably know, he didn't make it through the first and unfortunately suffered an injury, which is the reason why this will only be his fourth start so far of the year. But before the injury occurred, um, he did not look great. So I think he can only do better from there and He's looked somewhat reasonable so far, so hopefully he can get us through maybe four or five innings of one to two run baseball. I don't think you could ask for much more out of him. Anything else he gives you uh, would be considered great. And then you give it to some of the guys back there in the bullpen that weren't used today. So uh, they should be fresh. No reason to not throw any of those guys out there. Absolutely agree with that one. Uh, my only final thoughts on this are you have a chance tomorrow to take two or three from Minnesota, and what a statement that would be. Um, I just I think they have to get out there. The bats have to start uh, clicking again. Uh, this team is so capable, and we've seen it already, so capable of putting the ball over the fence. Um, I, I want to see some home runs tomorrow, and I think we we, we just may. Um, but other than that, man, the, 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 the fact that the White Sox were in first place and, and now tied for it, that's got to make you hungrier. So I, I'm hoping to see that hunger out of the boys tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup, especially with Reynaldo Lopez on the mound for the White Sox. He's struggled a ton this year. Um, so the offense is going to need to show up in order to support him. And they're going to have to score more than four runs to win this ball game tomorrow. Um, Andrew, that's all I have. I don't know if you've got anything else, but I'm ready to close this one down. Yeah, um, I would just say, other than that, at least after this series, we go back to hopefully beating up on some more of the bad teams. So we will have the Royals. We will have the Tigers, I believe, and the Pirates. So that's always good news. But other than that, that is all on my end. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.
Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.